0: You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy.
1: My last haircut, stylist, was not wasn't necessarily like a cheap cut, but sometimes with these fancy ladies they charge a pretty penny
0: this is that is true i just to get my hair colored with the last lady i used to go to it was like 300 bucks
1: yeah that's outrageous
0: it's insane
1: 300 that is
0: at the end of the day
1: not cool that is not cool dude Mm -hmm. that's a that's the gen x saying not not cool not cool, dude.
0: Not cool, dude. Not cool,
1: dude. Did you ever say "not cool, dude"? Totally. Like,
0: not facetiously, probably. Not cool, dude. I don't know, <laughs> like that. <laughs> what? What was? Uh, what was your? What was you? What did you guys say as kids?
1: Oh, we, we said "not cool, dude."
0: Did you really? Not cool, dude. We're just jumping into the podcast, by the way. We're not, we're not, we're not going to use anything else, except for you saying not cool dude. And then we're jumping in, we're that's jump, how it's happening. We're jumping
1: straight in. So are we, we're in. We
0: in? We're in, oh, we're actually in right well, I'm now. I'm jumping
1: in, we've jumped in.
0: I got it, I got it. No, I'm
1: pretty sure not cool dude is a Gen X sort of era saying, right? Not I Not think...
0: cool dude is Gen X? Did, yeah. Well, okay. did you
1: guys, did you millennials say not cool dude?
0: No, can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. I forgot that Gen X isn't Gen Z because my, he- my head isn't in the game <laughs> yet. I was <laughs> like, you're telling me Gen Z is... Yeah,
1: at any point in time, you could just start fresh and pretend like this never happened.
0: I would rather be honest and and not pretend that, that I'm perfect. You know, a lot of people think I'm perfect, and I think it's good to... Uh, dispel the dispel the myth. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys said not cool, dude. Like not facetiously. Like not cool, dude.
1: Oh yeah, totally.
0: Um, totally, bro. You guys I'm didn't ready. say like as if or no.
1: People said as if. I. I mean, yeah. Dudes didn't say as if.
0: Well, like you guys did whatever.
1: Yeah. Like everyone's mm-hmm. like whatever, whatever. Cha.
0: You guys said cha. No, we never said cha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, not no that's not us cha
0: <laughs> no uh i'm trying to think because definitely whatever and as if showed up because of clueless in my generation yeah
1: well your gener—it's our generation clueless is our generation
0: i, I but i related so much to i know because you were <laughs>
1: young and growing well it's also takes place in the valley so of course it sure
0: does it sure i mean i think i've already told this uh on the podcast but I asked my mother what virgin meant because of that movie.
2: Mm,
1: there you go. See, you were yeah. There you go.
0: It accelerated my life lessons for sure.
1: <laughs> you were looking up to that film. We were li- <laughs> we were living that film. That's was, the difference. I was
0: literally looking up to it because it was the TV was taller than I was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess that is an interesting conversation though about how the the, the bleed between generations because. You, there's like a certain grasp that, that generations have on media and well, we're watching you watch that or it's still being marketed to us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that does have an influence on the way we're, we're coming up in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Nothing mm-hmm. else to add. No, are good, you distracted? That's good radio to just go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine radio jockeys, like especially morning jockeys, they, I heard this really bizarre thing that during commercial breaks they don't talk to each other. Oh, like they just radio silence, literally. And so I imagine it's just nothing but passive aggressive in the room, like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like no one's making any facial expressions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, Charlie. Yeah. Like, and it's all in their voice. It, it seems like a, the most sociopathic place to work, probably. They're
1: just saving it for the. For the record you know what i mean they're saving it for being on the air
0: okay let's see if i can give you um emotion without betraying it on my face you you tell me a story like you were like you would if you were uh what are you looking at
1: i'm looking at you i'm looking no, literally right no, at you
0: no you're looking focused at something like you're looking at something else on the internet
1: no i'm literally looking right okay. at your face
0: so tell me a story like it's like we're like uh, kevin and bean in the morning and I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna do emotion with my face. We're gonna do emotion with my voice, like a radio jock, at uh, radio jockey would.
1: <laughs> okay, I see. The, I I didn't know. I was like, I thought they didn't talk in between segments, but no, yes. no I see what you're saying.
0: During the segment, yeah.
1: All right. So, uh ah, welcome to Justin Nick in the mornings. I got to tell you, life
0: is crazy.
1: I was getting life
0: is crazy, Nick. Nick, it's crazy.
1: I was, uh, you know, on my way to work this morning, stopped by for a cup of coffee, as we all do. And guess what?
0: What, what, Nick? What that line
1: for that drive through? Yes, drive through coffee now. That's a thing. Everybody's doing it. Stay in your car, get your coffee. That line is around the block.
0: You know, Nick, I think we must have been at the same drive-through. What?
1: The one I cause
0: I was late this morning trying to get a frap.
1: Exactly. You think it's gonna save you time, but that <laughs> frap
0: is whack, man. That frap is whack. Not cool, man. <laughs> Not cool, dude. <laughs> I love that a hundred percent. In 1997 or 2001, Kevin and Bean were definitely talking about drive-through Starbucks <laughs> for sure. Uh, I remember it blowing my mind when I learned that either Kevin or Bean um moved out of LA and they were doing the show remotely. Like oh. one of them was just like peace out, I'm in Hawaii now or something. And so like he re- he would remote dial in it didn't sound any different cuz obviously they must have he must have had a million dollar setup, but
1: that is awesome. That's the, that's how you do it.
0: When you get to be Bean or Kevin, <laughs> I'm sure you the world, the world is your oyster.
1: I'm sure people uh, who don't live in LA kind of get who Kevin and Bean are, even though they don't know who Kevin and Bean are.
0: I think everyone has a Kevin and Bean. That's what
1: I'm saying. Yeah.
0: And also, if I remember correctly, Rick D's was Kiss 102.7, but did they not broadcast that to other places in the country, or was it just, was Rick D's just us? <sighs>
1: That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know. And by us, you mean me in my early 20s, right?
0: Oh, well, because you would have been out here because you wouldn't have had Rick. Well, that answers the question then. You didn't have Rick D's in El Paso. No,
1: no. We had uh, KLAQ, 95.5 FM, El Paso.
0: (laughs) El Paso.
1: <laughs> <laughs> KLAQ ninety five point five KLAQ is like is your classic rock, you know, wow. modern, you know, oh. your rock and classic rock station, very similar to the ninety five point five here in Los Angeles, also very similar to a lot of ninety five point fives. It's seemingly a very popular classic rock station.
0: Yeah, I think Clear Channel or Clear something or other bought out all the stations across America and just. Homogenized it, but you. So you didn't. You weren't listening to like because Kiss was pop, and it was for us. It was Backstreet Boys and InSync and Britney and Celine Dion. So you weren't listening to those things.
1: No, no, not on not not on that station. No.
0: Well, were you listening to it at all ever? So like ninety. Your your station. The thing that you just referenced. That's what you listened to the most.
1: Probably yes no they didn't do pop although there was a pop station in el paso
0: well what was your pop station
1: i don't remember i didn't listen to it
0: oh you were just too cool for it
1: yeah i was we had
0: 93.1 the arrow which was our classic rock station And then Mm, 98.7 was like star or something do you remember that like star that was Uh like
1: that sounds familiar
0: ish and then 106.7, 106.7, which was oh, K Rock. K
1: Rock. What well, still is, or is it not K Rock? It anymore? still is yes. K Rock. They, and they're
0: playing the same exact songs. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they play every Offspring song and Green Day under the sun, which is cool. Like, if you want to go backward, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, K
0: Rock is classic. Uh, they you know, have... K Rock uh accident it was responsible for the death of a high school student
1: oh no what they do did you hear this story no. i'm
0: pretty sure it was k-rock it was definitely an la uh an la radio station k-rock would do like we'll come to your prom if you if you do all these like, every high school across la is, is is competing for the k-rock prom and so people had to do these challenges throughout the day And then, like, have someone report in that they would do the K-Rock challenges. And then whoever won got, like, the K-Rock prom. I don't even remember what the exact winning was. One of the challenges was drink a gallon of water and don't go to the bathroom all day. And someone died of water poisoning. Oh,
1: my God. (laughs) They didn't check that, huh? No one one ran a check on whether any of the things they were doing were... Yeah, that one
0: slid under the radar until there was, like, literally a lawsuit.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Poor person.
1: That's not cool.
0: And there was, like, another thing, too, not related to killing people, but if you saw the K-Rock truck and you had a K-Rock sticker, you'd get, like, free merch or something like that. Like, because the K-Rock van would drive around L.A. Oh, yeah. Did you ever win tickets off the radio ever?
1: No, no. Never called in.
0: you never called in?
1: No, not a call-in guy.
0: You never talked to the radio jockey?
1: No. Although it sounds familiar that maybe I might have done it once. Were you scared? No, no. Why would I? I don't know. No desire. Look, people did it. You know, there's No
0: desire? It's huge. It's so cool to do that.
1: No, I never really thought that would be cool. Or fun. I mean, cool. Oh, or whatever. you're so
0: above it. I didn't
1: think it was, no, I didn't think it was uncool. It's just not like, oh, that's what I want to do. Look, I don't do things based on whether they're cool or uncool, all right? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is it's never crossed my mind to call in a disc jockey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes you can win a ticket or sometimes like you can call in and request a song that you want to hear I sometimes have, they'll I'm, shout out to you i
1: definitely must have called it i definitely do recall calling in i don't think i ever got on the phone it was one of those probably like contest things yes that
0: yeah yeah
1: you're jogging my memory here it's it's, it's a little rusty it's maybe yeah. probably was 30 years ago as the
0: elder of our of our podcast here i thought i i thought i was lagging and lo and behold um but I, i guess we haven't talked much about the difference of like radio and how it's it's not obsolete now but it certainly doesn't have the same cultural impact on gen z as it did on you or i or generation jones or boomers you know even prior to that like the radio was we didn't even experience the radio as a friend. Like we experienced TV as a friend. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. uh, I, I mean the, I remember the evolution starting to happen in LA. Can't remember. Did it end up becoming. Didn't end up becoming Jack FM, did it? But like Jack FM took on the, the model where it was just like, there was no disc jockey. They were just playing song after song
2: yeah
0: that was jack fm that took arrow so arrow was 93.1 and arrow was eagles you know and steely dan and shit like that and then bought and sold to again this clear channel clear water whatever this conglomerate is and you're right like was like the first we're just Jack and no one ever is on the air and you can call in and leave a message and we might play it, but we're only going to play. It. It's like, quote unquote, wall to wall radio, you know, music until the block of 10 minutes of,
1: yes, it's basically somebody playing their Spotify playlist. I mean, they didn't well, have Spotify at the time, but it's basically what, I remember,
0: what it is. What I remember the slogan was, um, a mile wide, an inch deep. So they had yep. a bunch of songs. Yeah, a mile wide and an, our our, pre, our playlist is a mile wide, a mile wide and an inch deep.
1: Meaning what? You're about
2: to say what? They had
0: all sorts of songs, but they didn't scratch the surface of like B-sides or like didn't go past what was popular at any given time. So it was like 70s, late 70s, 80s, 90s early 2000s. So mm-hmm. it's like encompassing all the top 100s of those eras.
1: I mean, and I guess the the appeal, well, at the, the appeal at the time for them was just straight to save money. Um, I'm trying to think of what the appeal now is to actually turn on and listen to it. Is it, it's,
0: well, just to listen to the songs that you like that give you like right? that nostalgic buzz, it has to be that right.
1: It's just like yeah, just surprise me. What do you got? Just throw on anything. It's
0: like you forgot Natalie. Natalie and Bruglia wrote a song. Like oh my god, I cried to this song. Or like Eve Six is playing, you know, and like fuck yeah. And then you, it's just shit you forget. That, you, that was a huge part of your summer in 96, and you, you get to relive that. I bet you people are, like, listening to it on their way out of town, driving to Vegas, and tell it, uh, you know, the signal weekends because they're excited because it reminds them of the first time they, you know, they drove up to Santa Barbara and was listening to, like, a fucking burned CD and smoking cigarettes, you know? But the commercials are so atrocious. Atrocious. And they're atrocious.
1: so long. Because once you finally hit a commercial segment, they got to, like, pack in as many as they can. Oh. That it is soul crushing. Uh, and-, and
0: you can't jump to another radio station because chances are they're doing their commercials at the same exact fucking time.
1: These a-holes, they've teamed up to screw us.
0: Again, no one person owns all of the radio. St- I'm sorry, a, a one person owns all the radio stations, and they just play whatever they want. I actually was in like a romance affair with 103.1, which was indie rock. And
1: oh, that one. Uh, well, so that's the one. I, yes, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead.
1: No, they did something. I'm trying to figure out if they were before Jack FM or if they were after. If they were kind of like a little bit of like. We're going to give you some DJs, right? We're going to give you some cool. Oh, stuff. Oh, they gave
0: us DJs. We had the guitarist from the Sex Pistols who hit on me. And then there was the guy in the morning who I also called into who also thought I was trying to hook up with him and who asked for my number. So I was like, I got a hold of a couple of those DJs. <laughs> I didn't understand men for a very long time.
1: <laughs> but you understood DJs. And
0: I just wanted to be famous, however <laughs> possible. I wanted to taste the life. I thought, and then I realized, like, oh, this is just a job. Like anything else.
1: Hence, why you think, like, oh, you're gonna get something out of calling in and speaking to a, a radio DJ on the air.
0: The excitement, the palpability. I, it was, it was unmanageable for me. There's you- a whole story of with my family, like trying to call in for a Nickelodeon thing, and literally being almost physically impaired trying to do it because I was too nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't get it. I also had a phone phobia, this whole fucking, I hated answering the phone. I hated talking on the phone. Uh, I I think my mom fucked me up. She would be like, every time her friend Marissa would call, she'd be like, I'm not here. I'm not here. And I'm like, "Ah!" my mom is talking to me, but she's not here. So I think it caused like some stress. So, I always felt like every time someone was calling me, uh, it was to tell me that I've done something wrong. Like, I, I, like, 50% of the time expect, if you've texted me, that you're telling me, like, you can't ever talk to me again. That's, nine like, 50% of my uh, phone experience. Well, but see,
1: this is this is a generational thing. You understand that, right?
0: No, I don't. Explain it to me, Dad.
1: What? Why do I have to explain it to you? This is, Okay. I will explain, explain
0: a, how it's a generational thing. I don't know. There's get a it. lot
1: of millennials who are afraid of the phone. And I was like, what is this? Why are millennials <laughs> afraid of the phone? But I think it, it's exactly what you talked about. Like the usage of the phone has evolved to the point where the only time somebody's calling you or you need to call somebody is probably having a difficult conversation or at least one that's going to demand something of you. You didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of those phone calls like back in the day for us it's like oh my god the phone's ringing who's calling it's exciting <laughs> we're going to see who's calling it could be anybody <laughs> you know you're like I know it's who's a new calling for and you. I don't, don't want to answer <laughs> and
0: I'm not picking up the phone or I'm blocking them again I, yeah I think that's I think that's a really well the phone phobia started earlier for me than maybe around caller ID but we had like we still had like you know, wall phones that didn't have caller ID. And mm. a lot of it stemmed, a lot of it happened earlier for me and then only got worse. Mm-hmm. And then texting evolved. And that was exciting because all I had to do was just boop, 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 boop,
1: boop, boop. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the extra step there is once texting comes in, and you go, oh, I have an alternative. It accelerates mm-hmm. and enables the phobia.
0: A hundred, a hundred percent. I literally completely severed my relationship with a drama teacher at Pierce College because I couldn't return a phone call because I knew she was going to call me to guilt me for something. <laughs> she ends up calling my mother and telling her that how I behaved was the most disrespectful she's ever been treated in her in her entire tenure. Yeah. This is a fucking forty-five-year-old woman berating a 20 year old who has no responsibility and, and to this she like I, she saw me on the campus once and she literally like pulled aside like the theater manager said i don't want her here ever again <laughs> this was that was five years ago it was insane um I, I will say the more i've been willing to accept responsibility personally the less i fear the phone though i still have that initial impulse that i have to cope myself out of which is like this person's breaking up with me this person doesn't want to talk to me they hate me they figured it out i'm a fucking joke (laughs) i've done something wrong
1: yeah i I think also that is an is somewhat of a natural thing or maybe i'm just have one a similarity with you on this because there's there's definitely sometimes when some people will call and i'll go oh am i in trouble (laughs)
2: <laughs> like to my first response like,
1: like, what did I do? You know, I definitely. Does that
0: mean we do bad things and we're just on the precipice of getting caught? Well, no,
1: I don't know, because I, I, I don't know. At least for, I, I, there's nothing bad that I've done. Like,
0: that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm. There's. I've got to the point where I'm like, if they're gonna call me and tell me I did something wrong, I'm gonna be like, that's on you. You took that way personally, <laughs> or, or like, you're not my friend then. I don't know. You're so right though. There are a handful of people that I'm like. It's, it, uh, the relationship is in the balance of this phone call <laughs> and this phone call alone.
1: <laughs> but it also sounds like you got, and this is something that I'm mindful of as a, as a parent now, which is to not associate activities and things with anxiety or some sort of, you know, not, you know, some sort of negative energy. It's very hard to do as a parent because you're, you're just trying to live your life and, you know, you don't have time to, analyze everything that you're doing but if you can get that awareness that like oh shit every time my daughter gets on the phone I create a field of anxiety like that is going to create like an association
0: it's going to give her like a Pavlovian response one way or another Mm -hmm. like I, I read an interesting article about just that where children don't have words for their emotions and their feelings until we start encouraging them to give them names. Like, are you feeling sad? Does this make you sad? You're like, you're asking questions, trying to help them to express themselves. But now that they might have this other complex emotion, but because you're labeling it as sad, they're going to start associating that Well, then when I feel this way, this is sad. And nine Mm -hmm. times out of 10, you're right, or you're just trying to be helpful. But you're you're curating their experience
1: yep but it's going to happen anyway right
0: you, i don't know how you you can't we all are you can't the, avoid the, it you can't you you impact me i was just watching an episode of the uh of the orville because guess what i might be doing a new podcast and it, it, it might be about the orville
1: you're Have really, you heard about the orville no but you're really podcasting a, around i want you to know that
0: Oh, you're so jealous. <laughs> I'm,
1: getting little, I'm sorry. I know there's one other podcast uh, already. And if you're going to go do another one, I didn't well, there's know, like, uh, know you There's been
0: two other. Oh, two. Okay. So I do Dungeons and Derek. Okay. That's a bi-weekly podcast where we do. A bi-weekly?
1: That's every other week. Okay, never mind.
0: Every other week. Or bi-monthly? I don't know. I, I still have yet to learn the rules on that. It's
1: probably. No, it's bi-weekly.
0: Should be bi weekly. No, bi-weekly yeah, it no it's not, right? Because that would make it sound like it's twice in a week.
1: No, it's bi it's biweekly. weekly
0: It's bi weekly. So bi-weekly on Tuesdays, uh our ongoing it's called TTRPG five e Dungeons and Dragons five E actual play. It's insane. So we play we play Dungeons and Dragons essentially. Mm-hmm. I every week I'm a guest host on a podcast called Sci-Fi Five, where um, I do five minutes of science fiction history on this day. Can't believe it. And that. so like today, which is Tuesday the 19th, it was about Fahrenheit 451. That was my voice talking about Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451.
1: Great, and now you're going to go off and do another and you're going to sit here and tell me about how great they are and <laughs> I'm not ta-
0: I think I didn't say they were I, I didn't say anything was great. Oh
1: I, no, I could tell in your tone. I could tell in how you were talking about them that you really <laughs> liked doing them and you wanted everyone to know you really like them. <laughs>
0: Maybe I just wanted you to feel something, Nick.
1: Well, I do. It worked, okay?
0: (laughs) So there's an episode of the Orville where if you wanted – this person wants to delete a part of someone's past and can because that person just exists in a simulation. And so they delete like someone else that that girl's interested in. But then it deletes a whole major strain of her personality that he liked. So if you were to delete that person outright – so that he doesn't have competition, quote unquote, he deleted her ambitions strangely because that person helped influence her to pursue them prior to this knowing this guy. So, you know, it's a it's a long way around to say that every person we meet, whether good, positive, negative or not, does influence our journey and and brings out different parts of us that we wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're bringing so, out so a part ne- of me right now that's uh... <laughs> Strangely hot, uh, <laughs> boiling. Some might say.
0: Yeah, yeah, know. no, and actually, I'm th- I'm loving it.
1: I didn't know you were a polygacist. <laughs> yeah. Polycast. Is that what you are? Poly
0: poly poly Polypeca- Poly no, poly Oh my gosh! You know what, Nick? Polyga- when... Polygacist. Polygacist. Po- when when I do this fourth podcast it is only going to make our experience the more rich
1: you're going to bring back a little bit of the other cast stars <laughs> I thought this was <sighs> sacred I thought this was you know impenetrable Okay, well
0: but- we're going to oh god <laughs> that's the problem Nick um, we're going to go talk to our therapist listen to our sponsors we'll be right back
2: Are you a geek? Do you like naming things? My name is Scott Rubin, and I wrote the ultimate guide for geeks to name anything, whether you're naming kids, your pets, your car, your Wi-Fi network, or your role-playing game characters. Naming Your Little Geek has almost 1,100 name entries, and I tell you where the name came from, if it's a real name or if it's a fictional name, all of the characters who have had that name, and I reference over 4,400 characters from science fiction, fantasy, comic books, movies, TV shows, cartoons, you name it. It's all in there and it ranges from normal sounding names like Scott or Jessica to really off the wall bizarre ones from all of our favorite fantasy and sci-fi properties. You can pick up a copy of Naming Your Little Geek at BubblesAndThingsSoaps.com and check out all the other cool items there, some really neat soaps. Naming Your Little Geek is also sold everywhere books are sold online and you can even find it in some physical bookstores if you're a person who shops in physical stores these days.
0: Hi, Nick. It's weird. We didn't say hi Nick
1: at the I kn- top. I know. I know. It's okay. It was a
0: good it was a good start to the podcast, so I'm not regretting it. But hi Nick, I'm sorry. I'm throwing everything's so tough today for you.
1: Hi, Jess. It actually has been a difficult day.
0: <sighs> do you Thank want to talk you. about it before Thank we you. jump in?
1: No, I think we've let's let's get there.
0: <laughs> uh so it's interesting that we referenced Kevin and Bean because it has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today.
1: Oh. Is that a joke?
0: Kind of. It it the Kevin and Bean has nothing to do with it, but the word Bean has something to do with an article that I came across. Oh, I see. That bean. the Bean B E A N.
1: Bean's the crossover between.
0: There it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan this. I'm not that good. But the the journal, the Wall Street Journal, the Journal, as I like to call it, covered uh, or, or or brought to light an issue of more women more young women are coming to doctors with tics and symptoms of Tourette's
1: oh yeah i want you to know you just picked one of my favorite topics
0: are you fucking kidding
1: i i love the mind i love neurology and in particular i'm i'm very curious about Tourette's syndrome
0: first of all i'm thrilled i was questioning whether to send you the link, but I, I felt like we could just talk about it in general. Um, and I, I don't know a lot about Tourette's.
1: Mm-hmm. I wrote a 20 page paper on it. In Are you
0: flipping kidding me?
1: <laughs> I took a neurology class. It was the first time I thought, do I want to do, would I want to do this instead of acting? Would I want to get into neurology? Uh, great teacher, you know, renowned at, at USC, Dr. McClure. Um, known for studying hallucinogenic drugs and their effects on the brain, you know. Just a side note. Um, um, that's
0: really cool because that's a burgeoning career right now.
1: Well, he was like one of the one of the people that like.
0: Well, I'm uh, saying it's orphaned. getting more and more credence mm-hmm. in the field.
1: Um, but anyways, we had to do a 20 page paper on something, and I chose Tourette's.
0: Um, wow. Yeah. So, I'll I I won't bury the lead here. Essentially i think when doctors receive like basically the there's not a lot of um, concrete evidence but places are reporting seeing like 10 more a month of new cases of teenage girls with tourettes than their normal one to two a month and this is other places across the country and in the uk are reporting this as well and it's odd To begin with, because mostly Tourette's shows up in Young Males, which is, I'm sure, something you saw in your paper. I'm curious to see if that's true.
1: I remember nothing from my paper.
0: Okay. Well, you fucking mother. (laughs) No, I remember some
1: things, but I don't remember anything like that.
0: Okay. Well, I'm just giving, I'm I'm basically surmising what uh, I read and see if I can remember it correctly. Correctly. And but mind essential. you, I wrote that
1: paper. T- Nick, uh, twenty years over. over, over your fucking ago. ego
0: is out of control. So, uh, so like it's up from two percent to three percent a year prior to the pandemic. And so, while they think, and rightfully so, that some of these new ticks and behaviors and spasms and things like that are brought on by the stresses of the pandemic, you know, as it as it multiplied a lot of things for a lot of people, the main theory currently running is that tiktok is to blame
1: whoa (laughs) i mean this it's kind of fucking
0: huge you just
1: dropped a bomb on me i gotta know more tell me more
0: so it seemed like as specifically these young women were probably trying to understand themselves as depressives and anxietyists. Like, so they already had like these versions of depression and anxiety. Then it was getting heightened by the pandemic. And what's cool about online communities is that you can find people that are going through similar things to you and you're not feeling so alone. So you can find like, Cancer communities. My brother uh, has joined an Adult Children of Alcoholics group, Uh, so he's not an alcoholic, but he's joined the Adult Children of Alcoholics so that he can have shared experience and start to understand our experience as being children from children of alcoholics. Because my parents weren't alcoholics, but they were both raised by alcoholics. Neither here nor yeah, essentially. Yes. But but this this, and this is a this is a offshoot of Al-Anon. Um. But like I remember when I was dating my second boyfriend, I was trying to figure out the abuse that I was going through emotionally with him. And I ended up coming across um, a borderline personality disorder forum that was there for the codependents to kind of understand your relationship with that person. And uh, it, was, it was it was the best time for me to like self heal, whatever. So these kids are doing hashtags and learning about other people that are anxiety or depressed. And then they, you know, TikTok and the algorithm, which, you know, is also Wall Street Journal covers more in depth about like how they just, they can see how long you've hovered over a video and go, oh, that's probably of interest to you. Oh, that's what your desire. Like, oh, you went back to watch that video. How many times did you watch that video? So based on that information it's collecting, it is then assessing that you'll want to see more and more of these videos. So eventually they find their way to the Tourette's TikTok community and where young women or a couple of young women are sharing their experience of having Tourette's and one of them in the UK, I believe, one of her tics manifests as saying the word beans a lot. And so a lot of these young women that are coming in to the doctor's offices, a lot of them report saying beans.
1: Oh my goodness. Wow. You know what? I'm just going to just a segue slightly, not simply really a segue, but just this is blowing my mind is that like recently a friend of mine was like, oh, have you checked mental health on TikTok? You know, like the thing about t- TikTok, as I'm sure people know, is that right, you have these different communities. Uh, you can go like, oh, what's, you know, whatever. So mental health TikTok. I love mental health. We've talked about this before. I went in and one of the first things I found was somebody with Tourette's. And I was just wow. like, wow. And then – and it was just blowing my mind. I was just loving it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so great. Like way back in the day when I wrote this this 20-page paper. Oh, uh-huh. uh,
0: yes. A scholar. I, <laughs> I,
1: I uh, was thrilled when I found like a documentary on Tourette's. You know, it was like, oh, I could actually see – I could see it and understand it better that way. Right, right. You know, where I, and it's just such a far away, way away from now. It's like, oh, shit, you can just hop on TikTok and see it see it all because people are just putting themselves out there and what a great thing to have that shared community and being able to put yourself out there and be be able to have discussions about it and not and help create awareness but that there's this side of it too that by looking at it it could i'm assuming this is what the the, you're saying here is that by looking at these things it is triggering Tourette's style ticks in people watching it
0: yeah, so the journal is uh, really careful to not say that, but it the implication is there, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz I don't think there's enough study as to I don't know that there's a, a lot of un- I don't know there's a there's obviously a psychology behind it, but by being exposed to things over and over, there's uh there's a theory with regards to that. Uh which, why, which was like why diversity is important in TV, not just for the representative factor, but if you're constantly being shown stories about white men succeeding, you're not seeing that reflected back to you. So you're like re- buying into the story and the collective narrative that that's the, what's important. Mm-hmm. so So something similarly neurologically must be going on where you're empathizing and being influenced, you know, either you're... It's either uh, you're probably your mirror neurons are going crazy and and engaging like over and over and over and over.
1: Well, it's funny because when you just started talking, like way back at the beginning of you talking about this and I, and I got what you were saying, like my- Halfway
0: into it, but then I kept talking. Uh-huh.
1: No, no. I just said, it was just say <laughs> it was very quickly that my my physical reaction to it was to think about Tourette's and my body wanting to imitate Mm-hmm. What I what I was seeing in my mind, I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. My body, you know, just by thinking about it, I was like, oh, I can see that empathy of like, if you're watching it, that your body might wanna wanna do it. Um,
0: Reading it, I was going, ooh, how would this manifest in me? Like, what would I like to do if I was being influenced in it?
1: I don't know the I don't know <laughs> I don't know like to do is to maybe the right descriptor for what impulsed,
0: Tourette's... impulsed, yeah, to, towards
1: yeah, the word well, like. I think I may, may I think I may know what you mean, but I don't think it's a lie. I
0: mean there's like a sat. Okay, so like a satisfaction. Like there's like you I think by you're doing sad. Go ahead. Well, okay. The way I'm conflating it is when I was a kid <laughs> I was doing this thing where it was like hitting my hand against the wall with my right hand, but then I needed to hit my hand Uh, against the wall with my left hand to balance it out but then this my left hand felt unbalanced so I hit twice on the right hand then twice on the left hand and like I saw myself going into this pattern and I said it out loud to my dad I was like I'm doing this thing he goes fucking stop (laughs) I was like okay and so like right then and there he like stopped OCD for me but it was like (laughs) truly but like it was there was like a slight indulgence in that and it was Uh, it was not only compulsory or could become compulsory. There was like a satisfaction that, that came out of doing it, but then it became insatiable. Like, so that's what I mean, like Mm -hmm. liking. So I'm conflating the two potentially.
1: I think you're conflating the two because I mean, yes, there may be some satisfaction in it, but I do think that for people who, live with Tourette's uh it's
0: not like they like doing it like that
1: yes yeah, yeah so and that I...
0: maybe the better way to say it is your want what what would I want be want to do like what would I be what most... would you,
1: what would you feel the sort of involuntary impulse to do
0: yeah how would it manifest in me how would it manifest
1: in you yeah because I don't think you know right it's a, it, if you've got a conscious way into well I guess there is a conscious way of sort of probably trying to help manage it but like a conscious entry point into doing it i think it kind of takes away from the sort of ex- what the traditional
0: understanding it, of it well, is just,
1: well described experience of it is which is it's right. not
0: it's involuntary, not voluntary they can't yeah,
1: yes it's an involuntary impulse that that's that sat- and the satisfaction they get is by by doing the impulse only because by not doing it it becomes built up anxiety wow you know, and I think what you described, though, is very close to it in a sense, right? I think it's more along OCD. I do what you're talking about. I've done it my entire life, it mani- you know, so I think a lot of people do it. You know, I I have a thing where, I've, you know, if I feel a sensation one way my, I, on one side of my body, I want to feel the same thing on the other side of my body. And there's certain parts where it manifests, where it's like, I really need to satisfy that. Um, uh and there's sometimes where, like, oh, I can get, get away from it. Usually, when I get away from it, it sends chills up my spine.
2: Mm. Um,
1: so, I think there's so I, I think I understand a little bit about like this need to do something and what it feels like when you do it or don't do it. I don't, I think for, for me, and it sounds like for you, um, w- there's a line where we can stop it. Potentially. Well,
0: it's right. not it's not necessarily debilitating to our day mm-hmm. or gets in the way of like actually f- like existing uh, in in society normally, quote unquote.
1: Yeah. And for me, so this this opened up something for me when I had this awareness about myself and and learning about Tourette's and and now since on my mental health journey, learning about all sorts of different sort of mental health um issues or concerns or however you want to describe it or situations um that all of these things and i could be wrong but this is just my my guess or my observation that all of these things are on a spectrum and we are on that spectrum with it and this kind of validates that a little bit of like oh somebody who did not necessarily have a history with tourette syndrome is suddenly capable of do having you know having motor tics. a
0: predisposition it, towards it even right in, like
1: in, yeah involuntary motor ticks. um i mean what you know and like maybe you know part of it's like noticing that behavior like like in what you just described a touch one side to the other but when you're able to stop it and not progress it yet inside you somewhere is that sort of little bit of that ocd compulsivity
0: yeah totally
1: right and so i think that goes for probably every mental health disorder or or diagnosis or whatever however you know or syndrome that there's a little bit of that in us and I and I wonder if people understood that more or I guess I wonder if I was actually even right about it, not just a presumption. But if that was true and people understood that, would they have one more empathy for people who suffer from certain mental illnesses? But then two also when they look at people, see themselves in them and not just see them as separate.
0: Totally. Totally. You know? And and I think we're on that collective journey as a society, right, especially as we all personally learn how our anxieties and or depression or mental health or unhealth manifests, Uh, it is easier to have empathy for somebody that maybe otherwise we don't understand, you know, like, so if you're if you're in the grocery store for the first time and someone's yelling, fuck, 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 like, you just go, well, that's a psychopath, you know, but the more, then you meet Charlie down the street, who's a nice kid, but also can't stop us saying sex all the time, you know, then you kind of feel okay for the next person to, I try actually really hard when I'm in public. To not give a lot of attention to someone that's making a, a big ruckus, unless my life is threatened. So I like <laughs> I'll look to see if like my life's being threatened. But if someone's like having a tough moment, I'm just gonna try and let them do it as much as possible <laughs> without like going oh, weird person. <laughs>
1: that's also I think a bit of like a, a city thing, where like we're more exposed to those scenarios. Where I wonder if in a smaller city or a smaller town. Um, it would get more of like, what the fuck is going on over there?
0: Okay, this is. I wasn't going to talk about this, but it's interesting that you bring that up. And it was something oddly. I don't. I don't know how how else to broach this topic, but I'm going to say, uh, trigger warning, and the trigger warning could be is is rape. The trigger the trigger warning is rape. So if you don't want to listen to that, fast forward. I don't know how long this segment will take, but. A woman was raped on a commuter train in Philadelphia just last week and there were people on the same train as her and no one did anything. Oh my gosh. And so the reason why I was thinking, I'm not laughing at this situation, but the- I'm laughing at myself. The reason why I was like, oh, this would never happen today. I was thinking about that like a week ago. Oh, so I was watching a porno where a girl was groped on the bus and, you know, and like it's every woman's worst nightmare. To end up in a room full of men and not have anything that they can do about it. But also watching those fantasies on porn is like one of the highest rated porn hits. Because there is something about, I, I, I did research on this before, but there's something about being afraid of something, but then still it being titillating. So I, so not important. But I was thinking, oh, this would never happen. Do you remember the Jodie Foster movie? Which Jodie Foster? She was gang raped, Jonah, Ra- Jodie Foster. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what it's called. She was gang raped in like an, an arcade where just a bunch of guys were like, like huddled around to make it so that no one could see what was happening. And like men just went the other like just turned off their like base human emotions. So this guy, I don't know, there's no video. There's thank God there's no video. There's like, they didn't release that, but there were people around this man who was raping a woman and didn't do anything. And that's weird. That's like a weird city thing. But also, I don't know. I don't, it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird, Nick.
1: It is weird. Well, that's part of like, you should look over at that person who's making a ruckus. Right? You you should take, you should look and take it in. You know, like how you.
0: Assess, assess what's going on
1: yeah right i mean it's tricky right because you can get to that point where you're just like nope nope that's going to cause me to stray from my day and i got a lot of shit to do right now <laughs> if i get off track <laughs> i will get i will be fucked. no nope, that person on the side of the road they sure could use some help but i got to get home yeah you yeah
0: know? yes and and we make those decisions especially as city people on a daily basis right well yeah. anyway <laughs>
1: sorry, sorry. Can we, can we sorry.
0: get back to,
1: can we get back to Bean, please? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, long story short, humans suck sometimes.
1: But Tourette's is awesome. Um, and what I think is, here's what I, I mean, there's so many things that I think are awesome about it, but I am fascinated by, I'm well, I've been fascinated by what I already talked about, which is that we all live on a spectrum of, of different syndromes and disorders. Um, but I'm also fascinated by Tourette's itself, where um, you have this impulse to do something, and you have to satisfy it. It's it, that is just a fascinating idea or experience. I mean, for those of you at home who've never thought about it, see what it feels like in your body. If you have no, if you have the impulse to like, you know, put your chin up. Right, that's a classic one where you put your chin up and your head cocks back. Oof, sure, um, but you don't, you know, you have this impulse to do it, and you have to satisfy it. And if you don't satisfy it, it's going to really bother the fuck out of you. <laughs> you know,
0: I have it's. The, I have another thing that's really hard to explain, but I'll try it and I'll see if you can relate in any way. There, I feel, I feel like there's a a layer of control that I'm always maintaining in order to just like be a normal person but that if i wanted to i could melt that layer of my consciousness away and then it would like result in a lot of like my synapse like not synapses but like my nerves firing in different ways like it like it's like i like i feel like i could wipe away an exterior layer of my consciousness or like self-control and that would result in me like being able to convulse
1: Okay, okay. This is wait. I'm sorry. So, this is something you've been thinking so really, about lately, or something you've no, always thought about? I've, I've
0: known about it uh, in myself for it's uh, what's the um, what's the acting? The closest I can explain it, there's an acting style of warming up where like you get to tremors.
1: Yeah, is that is, I don't know if that's Morris or not, it might be It's not
0: Fitzmaurice, no. uh, because I would I would have recognized the name. Or maybe. Maybe it's, worse, it's, a, it's
1: but. but It's, you know, when you put your body in a physical position where it starts to tremble and it loosens up your, your sort of, your abdomen to be able to have a full breath and you, it's a voice training technique. Did
0: you say abdomen? It was very...
1: No, I think I said abdominal.
0: We heard, I heard abdomen, but it's it, probably, it's, a, it's probably what I said. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so, so imagine you're doing the tremors but all over your body. Like I could, like, bleh, mm-hmm. like I could, like the things that make you chills or whatever like we had to just you know wipe away that thing we were just talking about I I could tap into that disengage totally I'm like afraid to do it I've I've known that for like maybe 10 or 15 years that I could if I tried if I really wanted to I could disengage and
1: oh I don't know
0: what that means though
1: that's fascinating
0: is it fascinating
1: well, it is a little bit. Um, you might be a mutant hero. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> but you've never allowed your powers to to manifest. No,
0: know? actually, I'm I'm fa- I'm afraid of it because I feel like once I uh, don't when I, if I if I do that, there's like no coming back from that.
1: <laughs> I mean, possibly you could be sending your your brain into I don't know a pit of you know.
0: Just, Again, it's like one of those things that I cannot explain. Um, you know, have you, you, you? What's your feeling on ASMR? Oh, was that the whisper,
1: have, the whisper stuff? No.
0: Yeah, or like triggers, triggers people are like,
1: well, yeah, well, or people like. sex. Oh yeah, we like when we talked about whatever that. Amaranth. Girl, yeah, the girl yeah. Who sent me. Yeah. who <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You didn't like it.
1: No, it don't, I mean, I don't know what, I don't, I don't qualify my experience. It was an experience. I don't know if I liked <laughs> it or I didn't like
0: it. I know a lot of people that don't like it, but for some reason I don't hate it. But I think, did I mention at that time that I get that kind of tingly ASMR thing, but when people are really nice to me, did I mention that before?
1: Oh, no.
0: So I get like, when someone like, it's just objectively like loving or nice or like care, like, like has thought about just me in that moment, I'll like get a wash of like, like tingles
2: mm.
1: oh I've had that, that since I was baby no oh, it's probably because you're a really wonderful person
0: no it's really narcissistic
1: oh I was trying to trigger I was trying to find a way to trigger oh. it. It didn't work huh <laughs> you
0: no because like, it wasn't it wasn't you're... genuine
1: <laughs> I try to do my best acting I really try to get there I was like what?
0: No, try later when we forgot, when you forgot, when I forgot about this conversation, just text me something really nice and and I'll, and I'll let you know (laughs) Oh, you fucking asshole. No, it's, it's a really, it's a nice sensation. But again, I think it's like, I don't know if it's like my brain, like part of my brain or something. I don't know. This is off the rails. We should have never talked about Philadelphia.
1: No, that's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) It was dark.
0: I know, but... It
1: was, the dark side of humanity. It was
0: topical.
1: <laughs> it's just really not cool.
0: Well, we trigger warm people, so... Mm-hmm.
1: Did we trigger warm people about Tourette's? Because apparently it's something that you can pick <gasps> up.
0: Well, we're not a visual medium.
1: Mm-hmm. But, we're, but we're But our words are so descriptive. It lives within the mind, you know?
0: I do think it's interesting, though... I guess the for me there's a broader impact on TikTok in general and over stimulus to it and we, we we really do not know there's a lot of speculation on social media and if and how it affects our brain and social and our self esteem and stuff like that but we um, really don't know the long term effects of, of constant stimulus like that.
1: Well, I got to tell you, I I've been wanting to say this for a while. I don't, or maybe we have said this. I don't know, but. I have, you know, since we've talked about TikTok, it's been a while now, but like gone ahead a couple of times where I went down a little TikTok hole. It's a dark hole. I mean, I'm not going to lie that I mean, I don't necessarily mean what you're watching because I'm sure that's part of it. But um, twice now, I have like, oh, let me just i have just been lying in bed and it's like oh, let dabble. Let me, let me just see this little TikTok video and watch this. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'll watch a couple little TikTok videos, and then I'll go to bed. It'll be great. Cut to 2 a.m.
2: I'm still <laughs> watching
1: TikTok videos. I finally convinced myself to put the phone down, right? And it's just like, put it down, put it down, just turn it off. And I do, and I'm literally so wired that I can't sleep for another hour. It's like I It's, what? Like, I, it's like I drank a big cup of coffee. You wow. Know? Um, and I'm, it's
0: like frenetic and...
1: I don't know. It's gotten my. It's just. It's. It's that. It's got this endorphin rush, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, you know. that
0: happens if you're watching TikToks of young, pretty women. <laughs>
1: that's not what I'm watching.
0: <laughs> what are you watching? Well, <laughs> at that Cause, time, because again, that's well, no, because TikTok is learning you, and so it's giving you.
1: Uh, well, TikTok those times Sam, I was going seven. in on I'm I I like my first forays into TikTok are TikTok dance. I'm in the dance, and I and I started to really like love watching like different people do the dance to the same song or uh-huh. do their, do their bit to the same song or whatever. It uh-huh. is. So I started going down that hole, like whoa, who did, what did this person do to that? Oh, that? Okay, what did this person do to that that soundtrack? You know, um, and I did find a couple really <laughs> a couple really cool stuff um apparently and the stuff that intrigued me I, I think it was this one song is now in a burger king commercial so it's apparently really went really far oh that's
0: the- so that's the whole thing right now and i'm sure you know that but uh, so i'm not like being patronizing but songs will go to number one because they're tiktok famous
1: Mm. but this was like there's a dance right there's a dance to this song right With right TikTok uh, right. dance i don't know where it comes from who you're did explaining
0: it all of tiktok Going. yeah
1: okay but maybe some people don't know this i know one of my <laughs> brothers who's probably listening has no idea has never hello listened. greg yes <laughs> um but so then watching the the mascot for burger king dance to this song they don't have him actually doing the dance but it's it's there's like there's like a moment where he lo- looks like he might do the dance and then he doesn't, and I wondered if they like talked about it. I wonder if they were like, oh, should he do the dance or not? Are there legal problems with? There him doing are the legal
0: dance? repercussions if someone is the first person to do the dance. They've gotten in trouble. Uh, Fortnite has gotten in trouble because they'll take literal licensed dances like the Carlton, mm. you know, where he's like swinging his arms and like they didn't like pay royalties for that. Uh, no. And then there's the there's there's actually it's a fascinating topic that I'm ill-equipped to talk about, but a lot of black creators on TikTok will invent the dances for these songs. And then white creators will recreate the video using those people's dance, uh, not those people's, the, the, the black creators dance, and then they'll get on the For You page as opposed to the black creators. So basically there's tiktok dance appropriation
1: whoa well i mean i i mean i guess i guess rightly so um what do you
0: mean rightly so you don't i know you don't mean it that way but you weren't listening to me so you said the wrong thing
1: sorry i thought i got an audition i but it, it turned out to be a phishing text look i'm sorry i was fishing no no you know how you get texts that try to fish that try to get you to press the uh, oh yeah
0: which one was it like hey check out my knockers or was it like we're sorry that our, our amazon uh what didn't come on time which one was it no
1: the one I you the one this is this is really tricky the one I usually get is um is like ATT, like oh you've you've won a prize or something or yeah yeah you paid your bill and now check this out or whatever but this time it's come from a phone number that looks exactly like the phone number you get from the automated yep. commercial casting. Yep. You know, I don't know which- I know
0: exactly what you're talking about because also jury duty uses the same one. And I thought I was getting an audition and it was just jury duty.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I almost pushed the button. I was looking, I was like, oh, did I just get in a thing? Cause it said, it said, I, all I could see is like iPhone 13, AT&T, and then today. I was like, oh, I a, do I have a same day? I was like, that's four o'clock. How do I have a same day? Uh, and it, it makes
0: you think that you are going to book the Apple i uh, new iPhone thirteen commercial, and they don't even know that you're an actor. They don't even know how they fucking got you. I
1: don't even know, I oh, I literally almost pushed. And I was like, let me check my email. You, you know what? I'm just gonna say day. we're
0: gonna talk about this right now. I see other podcasts because you don't listen to me. <laughs>
1: That's not true. I'm sorry. You, you check
0: your phone while you're
1: They came up. It was while you're right online there. with me. And I saw the word today and I was like, oh, God, it, is this the same day that I'm going to need to respond and to? And if
0: someone else's mic was in front of you, Nick, would you also just, oh, well, they were there. Would you just cheat on me that easily?
1: No, I would not. I have you have I gone on a single podcast this entire time other than this one. I haven't.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I don't know you anymore.
1: Well, no one's asked me, so that's part. Of
0: it. <laughs> well, I could I could change that. We could we could start doing we could do our interview tour. Um, I do think sooner than later we should do we could do when people actually start going to like shows again, we could do a live recording of You Don't Know Nick.
1: We totally could. It would be, probably have a totally different texture to it, I would imagine.
0: Oh, 100%. We'd be doing improv the whole time. It'd be bits, 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 like, out of control. But we, we we need to invite someone who we would interview so it would, like, ground it. But mm. we would do a show.
1: Okay. Great. I know a space. i got a space.
0: Oh, do you? Am I allowed at that space even?
1: Why wouldn't you be allowed at that space?
0: <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we again.
1: Yeah, ban- we banned you. We're like, oh, <laughs> my gosh.
0: <laughs> but again... This is the part of me that goes, I have just burned that every bridge. It's just amazing how.
1: In what uh, way would you have burned a bridge?
0: Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like my heart like is crazy with that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Again, no. it's it as no one does anything to make me feel. But it's my default tends, and I'm so much better at it now. But my default tends to be, even with one of the uh, Ripley's, She texted me and was like, hey, can we talk tomorrow? And I was like, have I done something wrong? And she goes, am I that scary? I was like, this is not about you. This is all me. (laughs) This is is all me. I'm sorry to put that on you.
1: You know, nobody's ever hurt you but yourself.
0: You've said that so many times. It's disgusting. Have
1: we said this before?
0: You said it a lot.
1: It's very impactful. It changed my life. It's also
0: pithy. And I love it. It's
1: not pithy actually this is nothing pithy but this is actually the most like freeing thing you can possibly is isn't pithy do.
0: like like cliche We looked it also, up and it,
1: pithy was kind of stupid.
0: Was it? Oh, it's yeah. definitely not pithy then. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh Yeah, no. You I,
1: th- very- I think why to go back to that conversation if anybody remembers it. I think why Dan O'Connor says, "Oh, that's a pithy statement." is like because the statement could never actually like the the cliche he's giving could never actually encompass the truth of whatever the idea is. You know what I mean? Like
0: Ah, that's, ah. What I, that's
1: what I was. That's what I thought. I have
0: uh, no, because the way I hear him say it, he's like, he's like, I know. It's like, it's <laughs> like he he's downplaying it. I, I guess that's. Yeah. A, I guess that is one way to. Okay, we. I think we. I think we see things on the same wavelength. We just. Ex- I just explain things with words that don't exist. What was the <laughs> word that I created on heartbeats?
1: Oh, this past week.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners, Emily Wolf, called it out and said, she's listening to you, Nick. I, I, like It was like uh, undermined. Under, undermounded. <laughs> I said undermined in, incorrectly and then another thing incorrectly.
1: Oh, I don't know. But there was a word that I heard you say, and I don't know if it was in the show or at a rehearsal that I didn't think was a word, and then I looked it up, and it was.
0: Oh my God! Just so you know, you think about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, some moment. I I wish I could remember what the word was. Oh man! Rapidity. I, I think yeah. That maybe that maybe that was the word. Rapidity. You know why?
0: Because I. You know why I know that? Because I also questioned if that was a word. <laughs> I was like, is rapidity a word? And it fucking is. It is but, a word.
1: Well, so that's, but, so it's good. Actually, I knew then that you weren't sure if it was like <laughs> that you didn't think it was a word when you said it so there i maybe i was picking up on something
0: oh well, there was a hundred percent insecurity going into that but again if anything has been taught to me by that wonderful institute in pro theater it's just fucking double down just double down <laughs> no make no let excuses it, Yeah. make no excuses and i am and look you've called it charming in the past and that's a win for me i almost got tingly when you said it was charming almost almost You haven't been that nice to me.
1: That's not true.
0: You're so disingenuous.
1: That's not true.
0: Okay, I believe you have Crypto Corner for us because Bitcoin's been making some moves.
1: Oh, it's been making some real big moves.
0: We'll be right back after this.
1: Crypto Corner. Crypto
0: Corner. Hit a new
1: all-time high. Is it
0: going to crash now?
1: I don't know, but did you hear what I said? I know. A new all-time high. Dude,
0: it keeps on hitting highs.
1: Well, no, this is it finally for the first time since May broke the all-time high.
0: Wait. All time, like never has touched
1: all, the, time. never touched
0: this titty before,
1: never touched the 64k titty. No,
0: 64
1: it was now look. If I'm right, uh, it was at 63 in uh, in May, I believe it didn't get higher than that. Um, and if it did, just barely. Um, wow, and it is now uh, at 64k, so it means it. Bro, like we talked a lot about resistance, you know. Um, well,
0: we were talking. I I asked you to re- reason why I wanted to do a little bit of crypto corner because last time we did a podcast, <laughs> which we didn't do last week because I was in Wisconsin, hanging out with Gen Z. By the way, it was weird, and uh, you said I don't. I asked you to see to say if it would break fifty.
1: Oh yeah. Well, this is the crazy thing. Yes. Yeah, so put this into perspective, right? I mean, we should go back and listen to where, where we were at two weeks ago, but right. we're like, Is it going to, I believe even before that, we're like, is it going to break 40? Like, yeah. Okay. Well, this is a good sign. It's going to hit the 15. If it breaks 50, it's probably going to keep moving. It broke 50 or 50, 51, 52. Um, and sure enough, it's just continued to move. It's been continuing on this upward trajectory. And now today, you know i mean like for the past week now it's been like was it going to break 63 is it going to break the all-time high and sure enough today's the day it did um this portends well for the short term right
0: right um, okay
1: um but also i think obviously pret- i think it pretends well for the long term too but but uh, as we've learned crypto comes and goes in waves um
0: but it goes up but never goes back. Back down further than the lowest point prior to the little,
1: mm. you know what you know. What <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, saying. kind of, but not really. But yes, there is a bottom somewhere, but you don't you don't know where. Um, and you and you could maybe so predictably you could maybe say that like, you know, we didn't break below thirty this last round. Uh, where we thing the the summertime where things were really crashed low and you know broke just below thirty but it didn't really break like break below thirty so you could be like we is a real good support level
0: ah uh, yes that's the word
1: you could say now that you know fifties is a support level forties is a support level these these resistance points we saw along the way to get here those will be markers if this thing starts to to go on a downward trend you can look back and be like. Well, okay, it went down 10%, but is, if it's probably going to find some support around 50 to 52. And if it goes below that, okay, their next level is 40, 42, right? So you can look at it that way, but to say that it's never going to go down, yada, yada, that that we don't know. But what we can say is a lot of signs are pointing to it going up from here. Wow. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to just continue to go up from here. Like, it will eventually have a dip, and who knows how low that dip is.
0: Because aren't we seeing, we're, you were suggesting that after October, we may see a dip, right? No, or I was suggesting after the-
1: that after October, we're gonna have a very strong fourth quarter.
0: I, play the, te- play the tape back.
1: Yeah, I will. Literally, on October, I've, I've been saying that I No, might- you were
0: saying that, yes, that we were gonna have a strong fourth quarter, but you were also saying that there was a potential for a dip at the end of october
1: at the end of october
0: you were talking that's the last time we talked I-, I could be wrong i'm willing to be wrong but i'm know. not
1: i don't know i don't that's not something i've i don't think i would have said there like, like a, a crash
0: point- like you were talking because we had a flash you called it a flash rise and i was like we have flash crash and you're like people are worried about that
1: <laughs> i think people- well people are always conscious of that in crypto i don't know if i said that in particular about october if i did i should go back and listen i don't that's not a thought that I can recall. Um there's always the this is crypto, there's always the possibility of a flash totally. crash. There's always the possibility of, a, of just another bear a bear cycle. Um
0: Oh, I guess that's what we were talking about was that now that we are at some time out of the having, which is a fucking horrible name. <laughs> like the cycle is that it will go from bull to bear eventually. And Right. Is that something? We're, yes. And, and we're the question about.
1: has been, the question has been, was 63K in May, the peak of the bowl? And then the, the crash afterward, which brought us down to 30K, was that the start of a long-term bear?
0: Right, right, right. Which
1: right. 30K is still way above where it was a year before at that time so again
0: that's what and that's what i was trying to say with that with no smart way of saying it like it will it will rise it will go down but it won't go past support usually
1: you, probably like odds are in prob- general
0: that's what's been happening right uh, yeah
1: uh, yes that's what's been happening bitcoin has been moving at a 200 percent year over year increase and like so so yes there that that is an you know a uh, there is a, a place it has in historically has never dropped below, right? It's always ended the year on a 200%, at least 200% uh, increase from where it started, um, which with this year, we, we'd already be, if the year ended, we'd already be there. Um, so there's room, there's even room for us to get there and the price to drop by December and still, still be on a 200% increase since January. Wild, um, wild if i'm getting my I, I would have to go back and look at like where was it literally on january 1 but definitely where literally it, literally but definitely it was there in, in december i you know cuz you know you're like basing it on um you know you well the year started on january 1 and the 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 things are so volatile well were you on an upswing on january 1 or were you on a downswing and then that and then where it ends on december 31st that determines your you know your year cycle
0: what what does this mean for the future of Bitcoin? Is it just that people that are investing in it? Like if I hold on to Bitcoin for like like if I hold on to my $100 worth of Bitcoin right now, mm-hmm. what does that potentially mean for me in the future? If it if it becomes, you know, a coin that we actually use? What what am what am I potentially what's potentially my value here?
1: What at what price point did you buy the $100? Um.
0: I I made 9.
1: You you have 10% basically or or 9% on your on your investment whatever. So you, let's just say you bought it at 50,000. Um
0: I'm asking about my $100. <laughs> I know I'm
1: trying to give you an exa- like a round number so you can understand what's going to happen to your money.
0: $100 is a round number.
1: <laughs> I know, but the price at which you bought Bitcoin at is needs to be a round number too. So I'm going to say it's 5 I'm going to say it's 50,000.
0: I say okay, yeah. Like at mean average, probably fifty thousand.
1: So say fifty. Let's say you have a hundred dollars of Bitcoin. You purchased it at fifty thousand. Okay. Yes. Um, what is your potential for growth on that hundred dollars? Well, I mean, in some ways, it's almost it's almost infinite. Now, whether or not it will ever get to that point, uh, I don't know, but. That's one of the things about Bitcoin is that, that it has built into it sort of, um, you know, the value of it can just continue to increase over time.
0: Right, right. It doesn't so, hit o- It doesn't have a ceiling necessarily.
1: Yeah. So, so real. But you're trying to say, well, realistically, what could this be? Well, I think we talked well, about. Well,
0: I'm, act- I'm actually not asking for the value of. Well, in some ways, I'm asking, I'm, I'm not asking for the dollar value of Bitcoin. I'm asking, like, am I going to be, am I spending that Bitcoin or am I, is my credit based off of that Bitcoin? Like,
1: well, I think we've talked about this before. I'm not sure. But what ideally a lot of people talk about this, a particular strategy where you just try to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible as it increases in value, your holdings within it have greater value. Then you can use that. It's as an asset you have. Um, you can then use that as collateral to get loans, just the way you, would, you just the way I you would see. remortgage your house or things like I that. See. So that you would sure. never. So that let's say let's say you you know had some Bitcoin and suddenly it was worth two hundred thousand dollars, right? Let's just say that happened to you, and right. you're like, and you're it like, happened. you're like, oh. Two hundred thousand dollars. I I need fifty thousand dollars in my life right now. I'm going to pull fifty thousand dollars out of my. uh, I'm going to sell some of my Bitcoin, fifty thousand dollars worth, so that I can pay for this thing. I need fifty thousand dollars for. Well, that would be unadvisable for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is is that you'll be you'll have to pay taxes on it, (laughs) so you have to take out more than fifty thousand dollars, to get fifty thousand dollars. Yes. Two, you'll lose on the, the appreciation cost or the appreciation value of just keeping that $50,000 mm. in Bitcoin, right? If it continues to rise, it will continue to rise. Now, Bitcoin is very volatile, so it could also drop. But, um, but you know, you're losing on that 200% year-over-year growth, right? If it continues on this trend. Um, so what you would do is you would borrow against it. You would use it as collateral to per to borrow fifty thousand dollars from somebody else.
0: Do people do that with stocks now? Uh
1: yes, they definitely do it with Bitcoin now. Do they do it with stocks? I guess I don't I guess you could be a, yeah, I guess you could borrow against your Yeah, I mean, well, I mean in some ways it happens all the time. Like in you know, you can get like in a in a stock account, let's say you have thirty thousand dollars in a stock account on on charles schwab you can also get a margin account where they'll give you thirty thousand dollars in credit um so so they, so right because away they know
0: you probably are have that money one way or another
1: well they can do well they can do a margin call on you which is if you get into trouble they basically just sell all your stocks and keep your money wow so yeah, it's not like you just you should be very mindful on how you use your margin.
0: Understood.
1: But but because you're doing business with them, you have your account in them, they know that some of your money is in secure assets, then they, they're willing to give you um, that credit to purchase more stocks. Um, but you have to be mindful because if certain stocks go the wrong way, um, they will s- cover their butts and sell your good stocks and keep the money. So, um, so in some ways you are, people are already doing that in that sense. I, I I just haven't actually talked about like with anybody of like, oh, going to like a bank and saying, Hey, I have this much in the market and I'm going to borrow against it. I don't really know how that works. Um, but I do know that if you have, I think if you have like good at like, like gold as an asset, you could probably borrow against, um, you can borrow against your house, obviously. Right. Um, so things that a bank deems of value, and, and I think recently a major bank in New York said that they will you, they will accept Bitcoin as collateral now. So so that's starting to happen. There's tons of what DeFi companies that will accept your Bitcoin as collateral and let you borrow against it. Now the the rates are a little high because it's so volatile. Right. Um, but the more Bitcoin grows, the more s- stable it'll become and the more, uh, you know, the more reasonable borrowing against it will become. But that's so I don't know if that answers your question, but yes, that's the ultimate.
0: Yeah, people. it does. It does. I think it. it
1: don't sell your Bitcoin. Is, the, is I'm not selling
0: more. my Bitcoin.
1: You know, if you like are in desperate straits and you need the money, obviously, you know, sell it.
0: Well, and that's what I did with the Tesla because mm-hmm. during the pandemic I had extra money and money. And and I had Beyond Beef and Tesla, um, but I couldn't afford to keep that money in there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm putting a little <laughs> amount, and every now and then it's like tempting. Ooh, I, I could pull a little bit of money out. But I, I'm putting a little bit of money. I think I did end up buying Polkadot. And did that? Did they end up doing the thing?
1: I <laughs> I've been so busy. I haven't really checked. Um, what did you buy it at?
0: I, I, I uphold. So they don't uphold. Not doesn't weird, have what, Shiba
1: what? did you buy it at?
0: Oh, does, it will say, won't it? Did I buy it? I bought dot dot. I bought it at point seven one.
1: No, you have point seven one of a oh, dot share. Word.
0: word. <laughs> it was oh at the market rate at that point one dot was forty two dollars.
1: Okay. So it's below 42 right now.
0: Sorry. Sorry. Poop. Poop. Stop crypto corner. You got Uh fucked.
1: We told you not to listen to us because we're not financial advisors. (laughs) This is for educational and entertainment. Only. This is only. No, I think – I don't know where exactly there are. I think this is, you know, this is like a couple month hold and see what happens. I have not – strictly following the news on, on where they're at with releasing their technology. I would assume that we will see a, a more dramatic rise when that happens, but right. um, But yeah, I think what's happening, I don't know what, I, my guess right now is like, there seems to be a lot of attention on Bitcoin. We've talked about dominance before. Clearly Bitcoin has the dominance right now. It's the one that's moving um, at a very steady upward motion and the altcoins are kind of, in the past two weeks, have kind of stayed stagnant. I mean, mm, mm-hmm. Polkadot did, did do an initial jump from 26 to where it's at now at, like, just over 40. Mm. Um, you just happen to buy it. It's high. You know, no big deal. Um, but uh, so it already had kind of an initial jump, and we'll see where it, where it goes from here. But I think, I think eventually, at least if, this is, if what happened last time is true, it's like Bitcoin goes on a run. Ethereum goes on a run, and then everything else starts to follow. Though Ethereum's been moving somewhat similarly to Bitcoin lately. Yeah,
0: I think you were saying that uh, before that Bitcoin had had dominance, but that others were acting independently as well. That it, maybe Ethereum was having some dominance as well.
1: Mm-hmm. There was some uh, yeah. There's some things that have acted independently, like Solana, like Luna. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I think even Avalanche. Um, There's definitely tons out there that have definitely, you know, moved. But I think that's just based on their technology, right? It's not based on like overall market trends, right? So there's overall market trends, which is like, what's the overall crypto market doing? And then there's like, well, the technology itself. Where are they in their development? And when they reach new points in their development, they do see, you know, they go on. They do see increase in value, and they go on a little run, independent of the entire market. But generally speaking, across the market, if Bitcoin continues to move like it's moving, all the other ones are gonna follow eventually. Because Wild. the money the money will eventually move to that side of the market.
0: The man, the person the person that created Bitcoin that is anonymous. Yes, yeah, not assume pers- it's a man. Right? Exactly, which is why I said the person no. You
1: started with man. I just wanna, you know, make sure I'm that you're not working a sexist, on hey, correcting
0: you know? myself in the moment which is all that one can do Mm -hmm. this person that invented bitcoin are they rich right now yes okay so if they
1: if they yes they could be they should i mean they yes
0: assuming that they have bitcoin
1: assume that they have saved bitcoin for themselves which i believe there's like there's a certain amount of bitcoin that's not in circulation Um, and
0: that would be fair to assume that that person owns that
1: yeah i bet that's something that's like easy to find out and i think that's something i knew once of like what what that situation was but i I don't i can't say for now for certain but yes but anybody who's like any like whoever started ethereum or any of these companies they're super rich because they got their they they be like oh i'm gonna have this much for myself at a very low value right
0: this must be why people are creating e coins all the time
1: yes and which is also why you have to be mindful
0: because you're just putting money in the pocket of the person who created shitcoin. Potentially, um,
1: yes, yes. And it becomes question. a Ponzi scheme.
0: When you, oh, Ponzi scheme. When you are Bitcoin rich, what is the first thing you're going to spend it on?
1: You mean in, 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 just in life?
0: Yeah, when you are a Bitcoin millionaire, what's the
1: what's the well, It's hard it would probably be hard to like pinpoint the first thing.
0: What no, like well, I like what what's like what is Papa Nick want? what? What was Nick Papa Giorgio what?
1: All I want is just security and safety for my family. That's
0: so <sighs> it's boring. I
1: know. Well, that's what happens when you have kids. <laughs> you become real that becomes the real prize. Um...
0: Well, have you shared everything you need to share with i th- crypto I, I
1: think what I would like to here's here's something. Actually, this is maybe the answer to your question. It's something that I've been thinking about lately. It's like, um, is the idea of generational wealth, right? Okay. I think this is not something that we are growing, grown, have grown up talking about as being uh, important. But after
0: this, mm-hmm. I can turn
1: off. Yeah, after this, you can turn it off. See, genera- I'm talking about generational wealth as my My daughter's standing right here. Yes. Um, She's the
0: star of the podcast and she's only said two words.
1: So really it's don't sell your Bitcoin because I'm going to give it to her. Um, But to think about it, you start to think about it. I've been thinking a lot about generational wealth lately. And I think maybe this needs to be a bigger conversation. I don't know. Maybe it already is a big conversation. I think a lot of times, you know, we look at, you know, these really rich families who, you know their children have grown up not even having to worry about money and kind of like been like well they don't know what it's like to work real hard or whatever and kind of maybe look down on them you know like like a, like a tr- I mean like the ultimate thing is a Trump family or whatnot but um, but um, that aside however some people you know that the uber rich or whatever generational wealth is a very real thing because the baby boomers did so well that they are now passing down their money and it's affecting like it affects the real estate prices in los angeles right because it's not that the the kids have the money but their parents are helping them purchase the house right Mm -hmm. by kids Mm -hmm. i mean somebody in their 30s even Mm -hmm. right so generational wealth i mean a lot of times we think about like oh i want to make a lot of money to have a good life and and maybe have a good retirement maybe that maybe what we should be thinking about is the next step is generational wealth because really that's the ultimate goal. And it's, it partly is a very big for the sort of immigrant experience. Um, because the immigrant experience, if you think about it, is they come here for a better life. And usually that first generation makes a lot of sacrifices for the next generation to be able mm, to have a leg mm-hmm. up and go to school, right? Um, so that they could, you know, um, make a life for themselves. I mean, obviously, some first-generation immigrants are able to figure out how to do it for themselves, but generally speaking, the first wave of the family is probably, you know, grinding it out, working difficult jobs, trying to support for their kids. And then that next wave is supposed to take advantage of those opportunities, right? Go to college, get a good job. And really, if they've reached their ultimate goal, their success, they will then not only have money for themselves, but they'll have money to pass on to their children, right? Hmm. Um, And so that is really kind kind of one of the ultimate goals of the immigration cycle of like, oh, I want to go to America because there's opportunity there. It's not really just about opportunity for myself. It's about opportunity for my future generations. I don't think a lot of people who just grew up in America and live here think that way some people do and some people don't um i'm not sure a lot of young people think that way
0: in particular
1: um but anyways, I, we stif-
0: definitely think it's a fascin- it's a fascinating it's a fascinating yeah I, I think that where where people like i went to school with those kind of rich kids not carnegie rich or whatever but like very didn't really have to worry about where money or meals were coming about and so they had wealth that way and i have wealth in the comforts of the society that i get to benefit from by just being born here you know clean water and food and shelter etc um and so i that's a different kind of wealth that i take for granted because you're also talking about immigrants who more than likely are coming to this country and are not treated as the same class right Mm -hmm. initially so they have to grind it out that way in order to make it so that their next generation is is wealthy enough that that isn't a factor well uh, while you know racism is always going to be a factor but if there's at least a a monetary comfort uh that kind of takes away some of that impact
1: Mm -hmm. yeah And...
0: and and then there's an added issue with the boomers So you know there were uh all of these things were people who had fought in World War II that they found a way for it to only benefit white people. So people of color weren't getting the same benefits and weren't able to buy homes at the same rate, etc. So the wealth just got funneled back to white people. So there's no generational wealth that was promised to those people that fought in the war. So there's just so many interesting factors. I, I, I'm trying to think of why now Is this not something that did my, why did my generation not talk about it? I don't think we had a financial luxury to talk about it.
1: Like certainly, but my generation didn't necessarily talk about it either. Like you, you have to have, have it's the family by family thing of who's actually talking about it. It's not a cultural thing. Um, I don't know exactly why that is. I mean, there could be a number of reasons, but, um,
0: but in the same way, like I don't want my mother to live with me. But many Middle Eastern cultures want, are, have all, three generations under one house. You know, then that's because that's that's traditional. And uh, Americans are not cons- all the parents go into homes, and all the kids are gone by eighteen. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's our t- tradition here.
1: Um, but I I also think it's like I think maybe it's just like. A bit of a secret
0: <laughs> almost there's a- something to that too there is absolutely like we're not being taught this shit in school yeah
1: but, but i but i guarantee you rich people are teaching their kids and their families that like and each other that like the when i'm coming as i learn more and more about investing and 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 all that stuff is as um what i've come to learn is there are ways that rich people get more rich and, mm-hmm. but nobody teaches you that, but they mm-hmm. know it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they teach each other, you know I mean? Like this is a whole culture of, of how this works. Um, but even the, uh, a, a common person who works really hard and actually does become rich, doesn't even know how to become really rich. You know what I mean? Like cut gets to that point where they're rich and they're like, okay, well, cool. I'm satisfied. I made a successful life for me. I can retire. Great, and is happy. And sometimes it's like, well, it's just easier just to do it that way. But there are very simple things with a good financial education that people can do to become more rich because mm-hmm. money begets money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And this is what we're talking about now is an example of that. Don't sell your Bitcoin, borrow against it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And there's some, there's some good videos online that, ex, that explain literally what that looks like, how you could literally live just on borrowing money and you pay it back by borrowing more money. Wow. But what the, the the reason the way you can do that is if the percentage you're paying on the interest is less than the growth you're making on the investment.
0: Mm, Then you're actually making money. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you're, you're, you're minding the pennies, essentially.
1: Yeah, you're just you're using the you're using the system. You know what I mean? Wow. Whereas the most people would be like, I'm rich. Let's sell my Bitcoin. Totally. Give half of it to Uncle Sam and go buy some cool shit.
0: I couldn't be more scared for my youngest brother who has come into just livable wages in LA. <laughs> livable. <laughs> and he is so excited. You know, because we we haven't had I, when I was making money for with Best Buy, I was like, I can buy things. You know, <laughs> it was it was exciting, but I'm nervous for him to just blow through it. He has a, he has some uh, he has some failsafes in the in the in the contract he signed, so it's not like he's not getting all of it at once. And you know, if he does better with certain songs, he'll make more money and stuff like that. But it is a it, we were not taught, my, my, I'm talking about my family, we weren't taught how to handle money at mm-hmm. all. And we didn't have good examples of how to handle money from our parents at all. And that doesn't mean it's we, to, they're to blame. But our, you know, I hear D- Dax Shepard talks about this a lot, where he still thinks he's poor, and that ordering a pizza makes him feel like a fucking king. But when you think that way, you know, there's so many different relationships we have with money and like the first step is like not thinking of it as an evil but hey like it's also educating yourself and not letting it be like a lot of people don't want to learn about it because oh i don't get it i don't get it you gotta like force yourself to get it my mom's taking um an economic class right now and i couldn't be more proud of her
1: Mm, that's awesome
0: yeah maybe she can teach me generational wealth
1: (laughs) i mean you know uh uh you know for me came from the traditional family of like you just don't you don't talk about money you don't talk yep. about finances right it's not it's not kosher it's not polite it's not the Masua no, no, never me-
0: talk about money
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> you only go to dale carnegie's
1: <laughs> <laughs> my father would be pleased that you think he has an accent he would, you know
0: no but he said Masua right
1: no I, right, I, it's you're, all you're mixing it you're mixing it up well, I I That's the actual way you would say that. That's how story. you
0: told this story.
1: No, my father says Masu, about as Midwest American as you could possibly get.
0: Oh, but it he's, should be. Oh, I see. He he's as have far
1: accent. away from the true pronunciation as possible.
0: Which is Masu. Yeah, Masua. I got it. Now, I was complaining the stories. Yeah. You're totally right. I'm here. I'm I'm back on track. Your dad's just good old West, Midwestern dad.
1: He's just a good old boy.
0: Well, Nick. We talked a lot about a lot of things today.
1: Yeah, we did, Jess.
0: What's your What's your mate? Anything you want to say?
1: Beans. Beans.
0: Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! No.
1: <laughs> beans.
0: Did you say beans? Yeah. Or said...
1: like this. Beans.
0: No, I thought you said be does. Oh. beans! Like the first one, that I thought you said was beans. <laughs> no, no. Beans. No, 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 no. That's beans.
1: that's your that's your area that's your that's my
0: area yeah that's my expertise (laughs) Uh uh-huh bye nick bye jess That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to YouDon'tKnowNick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already, consider becoming a Patreon member. You can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner. Go to patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. And if you haven't already, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nichols.